Welcome to another episode of The Rhythm of Rebellion. I'm your host, Taina Seeley, and today we have the immense privilege of engaging with a true musical luminary. McLee is an Ethio-American vocalist, songwriter, and composer known for her electric stage presence and her ability to craft deeply personal Ethio-jazz songs that resonate with audiences across the globe. McLeet's music is a journey that has taken her from the heart of Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, to stages in San Francisco, New York City, Nairobi, Cairo, Montreal, London, Rome, and many more. Her latest album, When the People Move, The Music Moves Too, has not only been named among the best records of the year by Bandcamp and the Sunday Times UK, but has also ascended to the top of iTunes, NACC, and European world charts. Hi, Mickley. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Oh, thank you for having me. I am good. I am grounded and I am happy to be here with you. Mm. You know, your music is often described as Ethio jazz and deeply personal storytelling. I was wondering if you could share how your cultural and musical roots and your personal experiences have influenced your unique style and the social impact you aim to achieve through your work. For me, you know, I always wanted to be a musician. I just didn't know how when I was growing up, you know. Then when I moved to San Francisco and like got immersed in this world of arts and culture of people who were thinking about the ways that their music could resonate with the communities around them, could be relevant to the world, could engage in like deep social issues. I was like, that's how I can do it. I get it. And then from that point, every step that I took towards music, music would take 10 steps towards me. And like a real moment of evolution was in um, 2011. I took my band to Ethiopia for the first time. And we performed our very first show there. And sitting in the front row in this like three-piece suit was Mulatu Astatke, the godfather of Ethiopian jazz. And I was mm. like, what's he doing here? What's he doing here? What's he doing here? How'd he get here? How'd he get here? How'd he get here? What he's, what's he doing here? Why is, uh, uh, you know, I was just like, I was so nervous. Mm. And... Before that, I had learned that whether it's the godfather of Ethiopian jazz or it's like only the people in the room who organize the show or it's a packed house, like everybody gets the same show. They get a show that's like, you know, you expressing your spirit. So anyway, after the show, he took me aside, Mulatu Astatke, the godfather of Ethiopian jazz. He took me aside and he said, you know, Ethiopian jazz, we have a long way to go. Basically, he was telling me, like, culture is not stuck in amber. He said, what's your contribution to Ethio Jazz? You find that contribution and keep innovating. Don't be afraid to keep innovating. What's your mark on it? He said, for me, I took the pentatonic scales and I merged them with the diatonic scales. And he was like, that was what I did. What are you going to do? And I was like, <laughs> well, um, and then I thought about that conversation for three years. And, and I thought, okay, and then it took um, being on tour with the Nile Project, being on tour with like this group of incredible traditional musicians, traditional Ethiopian musicians. And I saw that, okay, what I'm really drawn to is rhythmic. And I was like, I'm going to bring Ethiopian rhythms into Ethio jazz and I'm gonna just start there and then I wrote the album when the people move the music moves too and so I like to think of myself as like rooted in tradition and innovation so that's kind of my musical path and then creatively just in terms of the kind of projects and initiatives that I work with 
it's just understanding that music is a place both to like you know, be in it for the long haul because our hearts need nourishment along struggle for justice and peace that is ongoing. And also that we can tell bigger stories together than we can on our own. And so I like to bring artists together to tell the biggest stories we can collectively. Mm. I wanted to see if we could talk a little bit about some of the work that you're doing outside of music. Yes, of course. We know you are a National Geographic Explorer, TED Senior Fellow, co-founder of the Nile Project, an advocate for social change through the arts. And today you also have this podcast, this live show movement, which delves into global migration through music. I wanted to see if you could talk a little bit more about your work outside of music. Yes. What inspires it? Yeah, well, you know... I've always been an organizer. Like when I was a kid, it would come out in these ways that were more informal. Like my friends would call me and be like, over the summers and be like, in high school, be like, okay, what are we doing today? And I would like make <laughs> plan. I'll be like, oh, okay, we're doing this today. We're doing that. I just like to organize. I like bringing people together. And creatively, it has been a, v- a real strength for me because like the power of bringing people together is exponential, especially for a common purpose. When I started writing songs, it was the exact same time that I became the co-director of the Red Poppy Art House in San Francisco's Mission District. And we were like doing family art for children in the neighborhood. We were collaboratively working with other artists to do installations against gentrification and against police violence in the neighborhood. And that was at the very same time that I was writing songs. And through all this, I met so many musicians. And then I was like, well, I just started writing songs. Do you maybe want to be in my band with me? Like, could we maybe do a song? Could we maybe do like a couple songs together? <laughs> the next? And they were like, yeah, sure. Let's like, we were doing all this stuff mm. together. And so organizing was about community building and immediately started supporting my songwriting too. But for me, like telling bigger stories than we can tell alone is incredibly, incredibly important. And that's why I co-founded the Nile Project, which brought together musicians from the 11 countries of the Nile Basin to learn from each other, to co-write songs together, co-arrange, and then really look at and model the kind of cross-cultural communication we wanted to see around the resource sharing in the river basin. And then also putting African people in a leadership position around a specific question, which is like, okay, how well do you know the people who, with whom you share an ecology? And how does that knowing them or not knowing them impact the way resources are shared in our ecologies, wherever those ecologies are? And we were putting African peoples, African musicians, in particular African women musicians in leadership positions around facilitating and exploring those ecological conversations across North America, across Europe, and across the Nile Basin itself. We really felt arts and culture are essential, not extra. They are essential to not just creating connection to other people, but also where the people who are most impacted by oppressions, by particular social justice issues can be the ones in leadership positions around defining Mm -hmm. the dialogues, the narratives that impact the policy, whether it's around ecology, migration, or, or other aspects. Oh my goodness, what a gift. 
Megley, your commitment to social impact through the arts is truly inspiring. And I was wondering what advice you would give to other artists who aspire to use their creative talents to make a positive difference in our world. The first thing I would say is like, understand that once you get into social justice and social change, like people want to know, well, what's your impact? <laughs> you know, and this can yes. be very deflating right. and demoralizing. Yeah. Because yep. when you're talking about an effect that you have on another people or a group of people, that can be difficult to measure. So what I would say is like, we actually can almost never really truly understand our impact. And it's only sometimes that we get windows into it. And what I'm trying to say is like, don't be discouraged by that impact question, like wrestle with it, experiment with it, but also like understand when it comes to affecting someone else's heart, like sometimes we're lucky enough to hear from a person like, hey, your music kept me going in a time when I was facing something very difficult and dark. Like for me, those kinds of impacts are just as important as like the things that we can measure on a graph or a chart. So mm. just understand that impact is something very wide and broad and we can't ignore it, but we also can't lose sight of the intangibleness of music and the ways that when it comes to the way that our hearts are buoyed and our spirits are buoyed by working with it, that that's just as important. So look out for it. Listen for it. Yeah. But just don't get discouraged by those oh. impact conversations. Wow. Listen to the full episode of this podcast at therhythmofrebellion.com. Thanks for listening.